There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies, and so I watch them so that you don't have to. And we are going to be getting into some 80s horror this week. Oh, so fun, baby! I feel like 80s horror is really fun. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about a little bit of um, you know some of the hits, and then get into our specific movie. But before we do, we've got a little bit of haunted housekeeping. Haunted housekeeping. Which is that we have a live virtual show coming up on October 29th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we are going to be joined by correspondent friend of the pod, Paul F. Tompkins, to discuss what I can only imagine will be an incredible film, The Pope's Exorcist. I can't wait. Russell Crowe doing an Italian accent. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> Um, and if that sounds fun to you and why the heck wouldn't it <laughs> also uh, a slight update I think I do know what I'm going to be dressing up as <gasps> huge news and it's pretty good if I can it's very good if I can figure out how to do it you're going to because I need I need you to at this point you guys are going to want to see it to believe it. <laughs> I can't Absolutely. even imagine what that's going to look like, but I'm <laughs> desperate to see it in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get tickets at moment.co slash TSDW and the video replay will be good for a week, I believe. Yes. So if you can't make it at that exact time, you can still get tickets and you can watch it later. On Halloween, perhaps, whatever your spooky little heart desires. Absolutely. It's all in your hands. <laughs> and The Pope's Exorcist is on Netflix if you want to watch it beforehand. So, oh my gosh, easy peasy. Easy peasy. I can't wait. And other than that, did anything scary happen to us this week? Um, yes. <laughs> Tell um, us. Well, first I got I got another tattoo, which was fun. It was not scary. Did it hurt? But I got it. Um, no, I was going to say this isn't my scary thing, but I just feel the need to let everybody know this is my first hand poke tattoo, which means he just did it by hand with a little needle. No tattoo machine. What's that called? Tattoo, tattoo gun. gun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> scary. No <laughs> tattoo gun. Uh, just a guy with a needle, which I assumed meant it would hurt a lot more. And it super doesn't. It's like, oh. I, I mean, I think like all tattoos, it depends on how heavy handed the person is and what part of your body you get it. But um, I couldn't believe how chill it was. It took a lot longer, but oh my God, it was like, as soon as he started, I was, 
I, I felt like he was joking. Like I, I was like, this isn't, this isn't, you're not doing a real tattoo. This <laughs> you're just like poking me and not breaking the surface, like with a little pen, like there's nothing you're just drawing anyway. So highly recommend giving a, giving a hand poke tattoo a try. If you're in, if you're in the LA area, check out puppy studio. They've got some great artists. Yarik did mine and he rules. Anyway, I love your tattoo. I think it's perfect. I love it too. I really love it so much. I think it's perfect. It makes me very happy. I love getting tattoos. God, I love it. Um, But okay. So this week I've really been trying to be better about going to exercise during the week and it's really fucking hard with work and I'm tired and it's hard and it's hard to make it to a class because I don't leave work until it's anyway. It's just hard. You get it. You get it. Yes. But I've been like once a week, I'm going to like, I will, I will absolutely make sure I leave work in time and I will get to a class once a week. And I've been going to my aerial yoga class, which I love once a week. They have one at six 45, which if I leave right at six and I've got to change of clothes, I can go straight there and I can make it to class this week. I couldn't make it to the yoga one. And they had one on, Thursday that was aerial dance and I was like oh well that's fun like I like aerial yoga Uh-oh. I like dance that sounds hard like sounds let's really just hard. give really it hard. a try I also have like <laughs> un- uh, completely unfounded confidence in myself when it comes to physical well, activities Emily, you, you are good at dancing and you did dance for Thank a long time yes. I was a dancer for yes. a while yes okay but you guys this was the worst thing I've ever done. Oh, no, because you're like caught up in the rope. And the st- okay, it's not. Too. I mean, it, yes, there's that. There's that. You're like getting fucking rug burns, basically, <laughs> from this goddamn hammock, which I normally love the hammock. I love the hammock in a yoga context. The best way I can describe what this felt like was being spun on a tire swing while hanging upside down <laughs> for an hour. Terrible. I was so sick. I, I truly got immediately so ill, Ugh. like dizzy, nauseous, dizzy, nauseous, felt hungover, like, like awful. <laughs> because you're spinning. Awful. Like the majority because of the dancing spinning is spinning. And yeah. you're upside down. So all the blood <laughs> is rushing to your head and you're spinning super fast and you're like contorting. It's I, I, I truly was like, this should be illegal. This should be a crime. Nobody should be allowed to do this. What if all of you just started throwing up? And I, was, it was like, I, was, I truly was worried I was going to throw up. Well, and here's the thing. All of us, it was just me and one other woman. There are only oh, two of us there because everybody oh. else is smart enough to not fucking do this. So then you have to mm. stay. So you, you can't have to leave. stay. Yeah, you can't leave. And there's like extra attention in on you. In any other context, I would have and I I would have been like, I, I'm sorry, I have to go. I would have just like slipped out, but I couldn't. But what I did do is I stopped. I st- there was like one and I am really hyper perfectionist competitive when it comes to like workout spaces. If if there are eyes on me, I'm like, well, I can do it. I'm really strong. Well, that's part of why like we're working out in a class is good. It's like yeah. motivates you. It motivates you. It pushes you. I want to be the little star student. And truly, and I love this teacher. She does my yoga classes and we were getting close to the end. She's like, okay, you want to try it one more time? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not, go- I'm not doing it anymore. And I just like didn't, but I had to still like do the cool down and wait out the end of class. And I was truly like, I felt so sick. I came home. I felt sick all night. I scarfed down some pasta and got Aww. into bed. I was like, I'm sorry, Joel. My night is over. I am 
sick. Oh no, it was aerial dance is a no. Awful. I was also just so pissed. I was like, the one time I actually like make it to a class, I tried to do something good for me. I was like so proud of myself and it, I hated it. It was the worst. It only made oh. me feel sick. <laughs> and you're like, this is going to keep me from going in the future because I'm going to remember I'll this never feeling. go again. Oh, I will never go again. It's going to take me a while to get back up on the hammock, to be completely that, honest. That's what I mean. It's like going in general. You're going to be like, I don't want to go. I'm not happy about it. I don't understand why anybody does it. Yeah, that does not sound fun at all. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Thank you so much. It was <laughs> terrible. It was true. I couldn't. I mean, I just couldn't believe. I couldn't believe what that was. Never again. Never Literally again. Literally never again. Nobody do it. Nobody do it. <laughs> God. Oh, I would never I would never even Skip try just thinking about I it. would never sign up to do that in a million years I know I would, I would much smarter than me break my arm like the second not even at nine months pregnant <laughs> no. not even no. not even then <laughs> just sort of spin her around in there see what happens <laughs> no oh but I can't I I have something to tell you guys but I don't know whether it's going to translate and like be funny or not okay Okay, that. <laughs> this might just be a little a little section of some information. Um, it's like literally not even information, but I need and it's so boring, but I'm sorry, so many caveats. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Henley. Okay. So I'm imminently giving birth and I'm having weird dreams. I don't usually remember mm. my dreams at all. At all. Even like through the, Is this that a whole thing with pregnancy. pregnancy? No, usually you have more your dream life I think can usually become more vibrant when you're pregnant that didn't happen for me I have had I really essentially like that sentence your dream life can, can become, become more, more vibrant, vibrant. <laughs> that was beautiful really nice that was absolutely beautiful wow thank you um that has not been the case for me but last night my dreams were popping off and one of them I literally woke up in the middle of the night and remembered my dream and was laughing to myself and again Maybe this won't translate, but then I tried to tell Tim and my mom, as my mom was visiting about the dream, and I started laughing so hard I was crying and like almost was like fully crying in tears because I thought it was so funny. <laughs> okay, I so I'm know. gonna so I'm gonna tell you what it is. It's so it's not okay. So the dream is I'm watching. <laughs> Here she goes. She gets it. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I can do this. <clears throat> I'm watching. <laughs> you're, gonna, uh, you're gonna have to cut all of this out. Okay, no, no um, chance, no freaking way. I'm watching Danielle Heim be interviewed. By <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got, we're getting some more details. Close, close. Sorry, we got some um, be interviewed by Barbara Walters and it's like a very okay. serious interview. Okay, so far and not this funny. This is just the this is just the dream. I'm just watching her being interviewed by Barbara Walters. And Barbara Walters asks her like what she's been up to. <laughs> Classic interview question. <laughs> you seriously are gonna have to cut this out because I'm losing my fucking mind, you guys. <laughs> 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 This is what happened with Tim and my mom, and I was like, "There's no way it'll happen again." <laughs> there's no way I'll laugh. I'm not going to do this twice. There is no way. There's literally no way I'm going to do this again. <laughs> okay. All that happens is she says that I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> 
Oh my god, Danny, I'm on the edge of my seat. I need to hear what has Danielle Ham been up to. I'm gonna call her Danielle Ham. This is like no, it's it's so stupid. She says that she's been baking sheet cakes (laughs) because she just wants to. She's been baking sheet cakes. She's baked nine thousand sheet cakes. When she has a daughter, she wants to bake sheet cakes with her. So she really wants to be prepared and she wants to be able to do it really well. And so she's been baking (laughs) sheet cakes nonstop and she's baked 9,000 of them. And I woke up from this dream and I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, what was that? Like, I never dream and that's the dream I get. That's your daughter already having consciousness and being like, I want cake. <laughs> Tell mommy's brain make me cake. I don't know why I find it so funny too. I think it's because it's the idea of me watching Daniel Heim be interviewed by Barbara Walters is also so weird. That's like, a very interesting dream. <laughs> That's very funny. I feel like there's not usually a lot of dialogue in my dreams. I'll be honest with you guys. Yeah, to be able to pull specific uh, lines of questioning and answers. Yeah. Oh, there was, there was more. There was way more, but I'm not going to tell you. You were watching a full interview. Oh, I watched watched a full interview, but that's the only part (laughs) I'm going to relay here because it's going to be too hard for me to get into. Did it make you want to bake a sheet cake? No, but I thought it was interesting that she's baked 9,000 of them to prepare. 9,000 is a lot. She's preparing. I feel like I've told you guys before, but you remember I've, I've woken up laughing to a dream and it was, it was a cat dancing on its hind legs. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of where my brain goes. And I woke up laughing so hard. (laughs) (laughs) And waking up laughing is really funny. It's a fun experience. Much better than waking up screaming. Or crying. I've woken or up crying. Cry- I've woken up crying oh, before. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I've woken up from like having a really sad dream and like been crying. I highly recommend waking up laughing. I feel like I'm fully losing my mind now. You might be. And I don't know. I have no control over it. There's nothing to be done. Yeah. There's nothing to be done. Keep us keep us posted. <laughs> yeah, I... by the time this freaking episode comes out, who knows? Like little pig face wig face fa- face. <laughs> Pig face, wig face, pig face, um, wig face. Might be out. Her face might be out in the world. Uh, it yeah. might eating, be eating some sheet cake. Uh, she also might take a long time because Silas was two weeks late, and I feel like it's like yeah. Uh, Once again, maybe right at our show. That would be two weeks. Our show is two weeks after your due date, and so maybe if you tune in, you'll see Henley go into labor. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what if that yeah. happened? My water broke great for the pod during our, (laughs) you guys named my child. You get to see my water break. What a parasocial relationship. Who cares about privacy? You got to see Mm -hmm. me have a mental breakdown about Daniel Heim being interviewed by Barbara Walters in my dream, my subconscious. They've seen everything. They've seen everything. (laughs) They've seen it all. They've seen it all. Um, Well, mine is also sleep related. Mm. And you guys know that I brag a lot about not (laughs) being scared after watching a scary movie and just being able to go straight to sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think part of that is because I'm a pretty good sleeper in general. Mm -hmm. Again, sorry to brag. (laughs) 
I know some of us here on the podcast are not great sleepers and yeah. I really feel bad for that. <laughs> Such an asshole. But I have started a new medication that is giving me just a, like a slightly harder time falling asleep and not much, but it takes me like an extra 45 minutes of laying there. I guess that's that's a long you know, time, not, not that's nothing, lot. but like yeah. sitting and laying in bed, I'll read until I'm like so tired. And I think the second I put the book down, I'm going to be asleep. And then it's like, nope, and you're then awake you're now. Yep. Yep. And Ta-ha. while I'm awake in bed, your mind does wander to some scary places occasionally mm-hmm. And I told you guys when we covered this movie, but in Gerald's game, slight spoiler for Gerald's game, there is a big man in the corner of the room oh. a lot of the time. And now mm. that's like my go-to scary oh, thought when I'm like Sammy. in a, in a s- s- scary headspace trying to fall asleep. I'll be like, there's a man in the corner of my room, but pro tip I've, I've, I've conquered it and I have <gasps> advice. Oh my God. I switched to picturing it as Carl Havoc from I Think You Should Leave. Ah! <laughs> and you just change that man in the corner of the room to someone you that you funny find man? very funny and silly. If Carl Havoc were standing in the corner of your room, that would be so funny. Exactly. And then you're laughing and then you're waking up laughing and you're Great. having a good wow. time. This is really empowering, Sammy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just think of someone that is... Brings a smile to your face, a, a, a silly looking person, <laughs> someone with way too much shit on him, <laughs> if it's Carl Havoc. Um, and yeah, it really, really does the trick. I love that. You're mastering your mind. You're yeah, in control. That's true. You're in control of your, of your thoughts. It's very impressive. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. And I just had to share that tip with anyone who might have any... It's a great tip. Gerald's Game hauntings happening. Mm. That's a Carl Havoc haunting now. (laughs) Easy, done, fixed. We got no problems with a Havoc haunting. (laughs) A Havoc haunting? (laughs) Sign me up. Sign me up. (laughs) Sign me right up. (laughs) Oh, but okay. Should we get into this week's movie? We should. And some 80s horror. This week we're going to be recapping Reanimator. Came out in 1985. Directed by Stuart Gordon. Written by Stuart Gordon, Dennis Paoli, and William Norris. Based on the story by H.P. Lovecraft. Starring Jeffrey Combs, Bruce Abbott, Barbara Crampton, Robert Sampson, and David Gale. And it is streaming on Shudder.com. Wow. Henley, you were saying you think 80s, 80s horror is like fun. Well, when I think of 80s horror, I think of like the inception of all the sequels and date night slasher films. Yes. But I know nothing about Reanimator. I don't know know anything. Nothing about Reanimator. I don't know anything about this one. I just I don't know if it's fun or not. Is it a fun one? Well, isn't the fly in the 80s? Certainly there are films that were not fun that were made in the 80s. So I yeah, the fly is 86. I feel like (laughs) this is a a vulnerable thing to admit. 80s horror is my least favorite of the of the horror decades. Yeah, no, that makes sense because they're also like following the same. They're really following the same like patterns, probably. Yes. And of course, there are exceptions and there are some 80s movies, 80s horror movies that I really love. Yes. The Fly, Hellraiser's obviously also 80s horror 
Videodrome, The Evil Dead, The Thing, The Shining. There's some, there's some great ones. Don't get me wrong. But when I'm, you know, choosing a random horror movie to watch, I'm very You're not rarely gonna look there. going 80s. I think when I think 80s, I think of like campy, mm-hmm. kind of silly, gory, mm-hmm. but very um, unrealistic gore. Yeah. I think the end. Yeah, they they are in my mind as fun. And I think it's because I like to feel bad and sad and cry that I like don't gravitate towards that. They're too fun. for Yeah, me. <laughs> they are. They're they're you're, They're not trying to make you feel depressed and awful, except once again, the fucking fly. And they're yeah. also they're not deep. There's nothing complicated or right. It's killer clowns from outer space and that's all you got to know. Right. Yeah. It's like that sort of thing. And And it's not like grody, like the seventies horror, like Texas chainsaw and like, yeah, it's splashier. That said, when, whenever I do watch an eighties horror movie, I have a good time. I just not picking them willingly. You don't always want to have a good time. They're just not my first, first choice. So how'd you choose this one? I've never even heard of it. Well, because I've seen it, I saw Reanimator in college and it, in my mind, seems like an encapsulation of 80s horror movie. Mm. And if I were to have to like name traditional 80s horror movies that like that define the decade, I guess it would like come to my come to mind as someone who doesn't watch very many of them. So, you know, take that with (laughs) a grain of salt. But um, I remembered it being really fun and silly. And then in rewatching it, there's some pretty upsetting stuff in here. Oh, man. All right. It's mostly fun with some, okay. with some tough stuff. It's tough stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, okay. So Reanimator has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit. 73 on Metacritic, 7.2 on IMDb. Okay. Budget was nine hundred thousand. It made two million. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some trivia for us: the special effects department went through twenty-four gallons of fake blood during the shoot. Uh, the head of the department said that that was the bloodiest film he'd ever worked on in the past. He'd never used more than two ga- gallons of blood on a film. And I just got to remind us all: <laughs> twenty thirteen Evil Dead. Used 70,000 gallons of blood. That so. is so crazy. <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around that. <laughs> 70,000. Uh, so this this guy's thinking 24. Oh my God, 24 gallons 24? of blood. 24? Try 10,000-ing that. It's 10, more than that. 30,000-ing that. Wait. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> don't don't, don't even, make me do even, the math. Don't do the math. It's, but it's, a, it's lot a lot more. It's just a lot more. You get it. Um, and the first cut of Reanimator was two and a half hours long, and the released version is eighty-seven minutes. I just love that we got it down to eighty-seven. Congratulations, folks. There are a few scenes that are a little like, hmm, what? How did this happen? <laughs> and I love that they're just like, who cares? You'll you know? figure it out. There's like a plot line that got cut out, but I'll, I mean, I'll talk about it when we get to it, but it's like makes a couple things not make sense. And I just think it's great that they were like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the audience will figure it out. They don't care. Yeah, it'll be fine. And I did figure it out and it's fine. There you go. The, this one I just wrote down because it's really confusing to me i have a lot of follow-up <laughs> questions and no follow-up answers so i just want you guys to be confused with me there is sure. a scene 
early on in the film where one of the characters is giving uh, CPR to and doing compressions on her mm. chest. And oh, no. Uh, this says the woman Dan is seen attempting to resuscitate at the beginning of the film was a dildo enthusiast and was known to hide dildos with the fake corpses in the morgue set. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and I assume this means the actress was like hiding or dildos. That was the character's backstory. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that means the actress. Mm-hmm. And I. What a crazy vibe to bring to set. Like for people to yeah. find, like stumble upon a dildo. She thought that was fun. Like pr- like little pranks? A little dildo prank? Also, dil- dildo enthusiast is an interesting... Oh, was she putting them on the corpses? Like, she's putting them on the corpses. She like thought that f- was funny. Like to be funny. She's it like, says, oh, ha-ha. Sh- it's f- phrased that she was known to hide dildos with the fake corpses. What? Which? Who's this actress? I there she's not named. Oh, oh, just the late, just uh, like a literal, like unnamed actress, like basically background. Yes, and the next piece of trivia is the actor that plays the the guy that was doing the CPR said, "I hurt her a lot." He says during his intro scene, performing chest compressions on an extra. I think I broke three of her ribs. The scene was originally much longer. Like, what, what? is going on with this extra? Wait, wait, wait. He's I, I wait, he he thinks that he broke three of her ribs. Yes, the dildo lady. <laughs> this is making any sense. None of it makes sense. None of this tracks. Also, ow. Also, you gotta stop filming if you're breaking someone's ribs. <laughs> that doesn't sound like actors' rights. Also, like, if she's being resuscitated. Her character is unconscious, right? And how do you remain unconscious while someone breaks your ribs? I mean, are they, I all would, these people I just would, completely cuckoo? You know that question: if you could invite three people to a dinner party, dildo lady, that guy, <laughs> dildo lady, still dildo ladies shooting to the top of my list, <laughs> dildo lady, <laughs> dildo ladies right at the top. Hey, first first question: what's your name? Second question. <laughs> What happened in this movie? <laughs> Tell me everything. Where about. in my house did you hide the dildos? Um, and that's all I got. I don't know. Those just really stuck out for me as like I wanted to talk about them. And I'm glad that we did. So thank you for humoring me. That's really confusing. Yeah. And on that note, shall we take a peek at this trailer? I can't Let's wait. Let's do it. Let's do it. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. I but lately they're getting out of hand. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Ah! Herbert, you're insane! Now what happened? I had to kill him! He's dead? Not anymore. Ah! Ah! 
Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head get a job in a sideshow? It will scare you to pieces. <laughs> wow that was amazing that was the most jokes i've heard in a in a trailer in a while get a job in a sideshow <laughs> <laughs> he brought lots of people back to life and no one even thanked him <laughs> it's it is very funny but it has a lot of very nasty it looks nasty gore in it and fluids and yeah. 24 gallons of guts mm-hmm. yeah exactly so i was a little more grossed out than i remember being the first time i saw it it does look gross that said i think it's mostly still pretty fun and silly but you guys can be the judge, I suppose. Yeah, we'll be yeah, the judge. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those that's really going to be unpleasant to um, hear about. I, I yes. was thinking that this could be one that's worse to hear than to see. Mm-hmm. Though I didn't like seeing the parts that I saw. So, you know. Yeah. Time will tell. Time We're will gonna tell. We're going to find out. Uh, yeah. Um, no, this is... We, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. Wow, we're just traveling through time. How very exciting. Can't wait. We're in the 80s now. Shall we? We shall. Let's do it. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big-budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County. And they've been around for 10 years and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker. So you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website. And put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's a hundred dollars off and less than seven dollars per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time. 
That's nakedminds.com slash too scary code and password too scary for a hundred dollars off your first six bottles. We all come home after a long day of work, and what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting, and we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I, I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know... I'm a broken record over here. I love Skims. I love Skims. I'm sorry. That's just the the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Okay, we do unfortunately have to start with a trigger warning for <sighs> sexual assault. Damn, mm, okay. I was worried about that from the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Kind of got a little glimpse of it. It's yeah. not a fun scene. And I, I was wondering, I guess it was just, you know, obviously... People were less upset about it in the 80s, I guess. But it feels like it's like treated as comedy in a way that I'm like, yeah, I really don't like that. This time, this is not feeling good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So anyways, whatever. We'll get there. Uh, We begin at the University of Zurich Institute of Medicine and where there's uh, some doctors and police shuffling down the hall looking stressed like it's this room this way we got to go this way and they're calling out for Dr. Gruber we're hearing maybe some yells coming from Dr. Gruber's office something suspicious is happening in there the door's locked they're trying to break down the door hearing him screaming they finally 
get the door open and see Dr. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber is the name of Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Yeah. This predates Die Hard. So oh, I yes. just that's, that's confusing. Thought it was interesting. And Dr. Gruber is his head is uh, it's like all the blood is rushing to his head. So his face is so red and the veins are bulging and his eyeballs explode out of his oh! head and all this blood is just pouring out of his eyes and there's a gallon mouth. What did you say? There's, there's a, a gallon. gallon. We should count them as yep. we go through. Yep. Mm -hmm. We see Herbert West is his assistant, medical assistant, who is uh, holding him and so looks like the prime suspect for whatever is happening to him right now. And Dr. Gruber dies, his eyes exploding and you know, pr presumably other bad things happening internally has killed him. And one of the doctors is screaming at West saying, you killed him. And West says the dosage was too large. I didn't kill him. I gave him life. And then we get our title sequence. <laughs> the title sequence, the theme song for this movie is essentially the psycho theme song. It's very, mm. I think they like changed enough to avoid actual <laughs> copyright, but it's, it's so funny to me that they were just like, Psycho theme song's pretty good. Yeah, they're like, let's not recreate the wheel here. I mean, <laughs> this guy's kind of a psycho. So, yeah, so. That's a successful movie. If that, that movie did well. It. That's one of the most recognizable movie themes of all time. Let's just, <laughs> let's just, just use pop it up that here. in there. <laughs> it's very funny and it plays throughout. It's like the whole theme of this movie. And it, I just love that they're like, yeah, we're just going to use that. Good for them. Why not? They reanimated it. Oh, my God. Yes, they did. Uh, so now we come back. We're in, I think, Los Angeles, and we meet Dan, our main character. He is a medical student at a hospital, and he's doing chest compressions on an extra with, I guess, three broken ribs. And she's doing a great job of being unconscious through all of this. Yes, she is. She's did great. And I... At my dinner party, we'll tell her so. <laughs> Did you see any dildos in the frame? No, but I could go back and watch again. You never know mm -hmm. what could slip in. You know, there's, <laughs> there's, you know, as we said earlier, they're playing a little fast and loose with the ed in the editing room of this one. So if, if you watch, keep an eye out. Uh, and it's clear that this patient has died. She is flatlining and the other doctors are looking at Dan who is continuing the chest compressions like he doesn't want to give up and they eventually have to pull him off and say Dan it's it, she's dead there's nothing you can do it, in it's fact done. she broke her ribs in fact yeah, <laughs> yeah. we need much. you to stop cause, yeah, we, need, we all need you to stop <laughs> And so we're just getting a sense that Dan is really, really cares about his patients, you know, wants to save them, didn't probably mean to break the three ribs. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he afterwards has to take the body down to the morgue. And we see in the morgue as he um, 
puts the body in there. The bodies are just like loose in there. I don't know. I, I don't have any real life experience of morgues. And so everything I know is based on movies. But I feel like, don't you have to put them in a fridge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's cold in that room. I think it's cold. But yeah, you mean they're loose as in they're just lying around. He just kind of rolls it in and like leaves it there. And there's like 10 other bodies just kind of hanging out in the on their little beds. <laughs> hmm. So I don't know. But uh, while he's in there, he runs into uh, Dr. Carl Hill, who is their head brain surgeon and brain researcher. And he's performing something on one of the corpses. It's gross. He drills a hole into his forehead and sticks a Q-tip in it. And it looks really gross. Q-tip. In walks the dean of the hospital, Dean Halsey, with Herbert West, who is going to... He's transferring here. He's a new medical student. Mm. And he's giving him a tour of the facilities and introduces him to Dr. Hill and says, oh, this is our, you know, head brain surgeon. He, You could learn a lot from him. And West is immediately belittling him and says, I've read your research, Dr. Hill. It's pretty derivative of Dr. Gruber's. In fact, it's so derivative that in Europe, we call it plagiarism. Ooh. And just like humiliates this doctor, right? Whoa, He's shot thrown. Yeah. Everyone looks a little uncomfortable. They they argue clearly they're not going to be buddies. And I think kind of to soften the blow, Dean Halsey invites Dr. Hill over for dinner that night and is like, oh, I must have you over for dinner. Me and my daughter, Megan, would love to host you. And this kind of cheers Dr. Hill up. He's like, oh, I'd, I'd love to be there. Thank you so much. Uh, Dan leaves the morgue, finishes his shift and goes home. And we see that he is secretly dating Megan, the Dean's daughter. Mm. They are having sex and there is a stop making sense poster behind them, which I think is funny because I just saw the movie talking heads documentary and there might be a talking head coming up. I think it's pretty funny. Oh, clever. They're having fun. They're having fun. They're having a good time. That set designer was like, this will be funny. <laughs> the, a cat jumps on them while they're in bed together. It's a pretty big jump scare. The sound design is really loud for just a cat jump. And <laughs> then Megan gets up and is like, I need to go home and you know get ready for this dinner tonight. My dad says we're having dinner. And she's about to rush out the door when Herbert West... Knocks at the door. She opens it. He's right there looking very serious. He's a very humorless guy, even though he's also very funny. <laughs> um, but they're, they're startled. What are you doing here? And he holds up an ad that he found that Dan has a room for rent in his house. Mm. And so he would like to rent it. He asks if he can see the basement first. <laughs> not a great not sign. Not a good sign. Yeah. No. Not a good sign. And Dan shows him and he goes, mm, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, you know, strike two. <laughs> yeah. And Megan is understandably encouraging Dan to take some time to think about it. Maybe mm-hmm. we should not say yes right away. But West flashes that wad of cash and is like, I can pay two months rent right now or whatever. And Dan 
strap must be strapped for cash because he grabs it and he says, you're 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 hired. You're, you're hired. <laughs> you live Med here school's now. expensive. Yeah. As we yes, all it is. Um, the next day we see them attending class. They are watching a demonstration by Dr. Hill, who is showing how to remove the scalp of a, Ugh. of a person to uh, get to the brain, essentially. <laughs> and he says, it's like peeling a large orange. Everybody oh. laughs. And he says that brain death occurs within six to 12 minutes of the person being dead. And West holds this pencil up in the air and snaps it in half. He looks really mad at this lesson that's happening. <laughs> Everyone turns and looks and Dr. Hill keeps talking and West just fishes another pencil out of his bag and snaps that one. And oh, just that's very continues funny. snapping pencils because he doesn't like what he's hearing. Dr. Hill ignores it. Finish. They finish class, but there's definite tension between them. Dr. Hill then goes over to the Dean's house for dinner. I guess it was the following night. It's, so it's the three of them. It's Dean Halsey, Megan and Dr. Hill. And Dr. Hill is being so creepy with Megan, who is uh, also like a medical student. And he's her dad's age and is just... Uh, it's very gross. He's, he like toasts to her and he's like to Megan, everyone who knows her falls under her, the obsession of all who fall under her spell. Ugh. And the dad is just kind of also toasting to this. I'm like, why are you toasting to this? And <laughs> everyone looks or only Megan looks uncomfortable. And I feel like we should all be looking uncomfortable. Uh -huh. <sighs> so she excuses herself and says that Dan is there to pick her up. They're going to be studying together. And so she she leaves and goes to goes to Dan's and she's still very suspicious of West doesn't she's like this that guy's a little weird they're in the living room just talking she's like I don't know like does he ever come out of his room what's he like seems like very strange and then she says where's the cat I haven't seen the cat and usually when I come over the cat is always you know, with us trying to get our attention. I haven't seen him at all. They start calling out for the cat. Mm. Cat's not answering. Cat's not coming. Cat's oh, no. nowhere in sight. They're splitting up, checking in different rooms. Megan decides she's going to look in West's room. She opens the door. He's not in there. He's at class or something. And... She sees the he has a refrigerator in his room that's a jar and she opens it and there's a dead cat in there. <sighs> oh, oh, sad. It is sad. So it begins. That's what he needs that basement for reanimating it. Mm hmm. And she screams. Dan r runs in, sees the cat. West comes home right at this moment and walks into this confrontation. They're like, what the hell is going on? What? Why is this cat here? And West says he fell into the trash and got his head stuck in a jar and he suffocated. And I didn't want you to find him like that. <laughs> he fell into the trash, put his head into a jar, suffocated in the trash. <laughs> and I didn't want you to find him like that. And Dan says, 
uh, why didn't you leave a note or, or tell me or something? And West says, I was busy pushing bodies around, as you well know. And what would a note say, Dan? Cat dead details later. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has to get out of your house. Yeah, That's what no I'm thanks. saying. And it seems like it's going that way until West says... You know, if you do that, I could tell the dean about your relationship. And I don't know that he'd be too happy to know you're sleeping with his daughter. She's his best. Classic blackmail. Yeah. And that does does the trick. And so they decide they're not going to not going to kick him out. And he stays. Megan goes home that night as Dan's sleeping. He hears some very strange noises coming from the basement. Some screeching sounds, almost like squawking. And gets he's got his baseball bat. He's walking down the halls thinking somebody's broken in. There's like things crashing and falling. And he goes down to the basement and sees West looking panicked and something darting around the room so quick that you can't make out what it is. It's a black furry ball that's just (laughs) flying across hitting shelves, knocking shit over. And Dan has the baseball bat and hits it and hits it against the wall. And there's like brain splatter on the wall from what we know is obviously his cat. Mm -hmm. That sucks. He sees this and is very confused. Now, what the hell is going on? And West explains. He shows him he has this this neon liquid reagent, he calls it, that reanimates dead tissue. And he was testing it on the cat and the cat came back to life. They come back more aggressive and he's in early stages of figuring that out and how ways in which to control that aggression. But either way, this is a huge medical discovery that we can bring dead things back to life. Dan doesn't believe him, says he must not have been dead. You must have drugged him earlier and just the drugs have now worn off. And West says, do you believe he's dead now? And the cat (laughs) is laying on the table with its brain like hanging out of its head and its body all broken and twisted. Dan has to admit, yes, I do believe it's dead now. West does a uh, in the moment uh, uh, display, injects the cat with the liquid, comes back to life. He says, don't expect it to tap dance. It's got a broken back and the cat can't move, but is just, again, making the horrible screeching oh, sound. We see that awful. it comes back to life. Poor Megan comes in at this moment. Oh, Maybe that's she a was bad there. time to come in. Yeah. Megan, so many things I feel she lets, I mean, they all, we're all letting too much slide here because yeah. we should yeah. have kicked this man out a while ago. And we need to put this cat out of its misery. Mm-hmm. Yes. And luckily, I don't think we see that happening. It, it cuts away. 
but we presume that, yes, they have put the cat out of its misery. Don't see the cat again. The next day at school, Dan decides to tell Dean Halsey about this discovery. He says West has figured out how to reanimate animal, dead animal tissue. I, I saw it with my own eyes. Megan saw it with her own eyes. And Dean Halsey is record scratch. Whoa, whoa, what? Megan was there? My daughter? You involved my daughter in this? Why was my daughter at your house in the middle of the night or whatever? He gets very upset. And has a big emotional reaction to this and decides that he's kicking them both out. You and West, Dan and West, you're not students here anymore. Whoa. That's very what? And Dan is saying, you're, I feel like you're letting your emotions get the best of you here. Cause it seems like this is about your daughter. Dean Halsey is not, he's not hearing it, kicking him out. So, uh, on his last day at the hospital, Dan is now sneaking into the morgue and uh, there's a security guard at the door of the morgue that they clearly, you know, see each other all the time. He waves to him and this guy's always reading porn, which I think is a funny little detail. Just a mm. little, just a horny morgue guard. <laughs> nice. Horny morgue guard. <laughs> and so he lets lets him in he's wheeling a dan is wheeling a body in front of him and goes into the morgue and pulls the sheet off and it is west and they are sneaking into the morgue together west wants to try this now on a human mm. they are looking for a less damaged body there's someone who's you know got like a gunshot to the head that's not going to work we want someone in pretty ideally someone fresher and in better physical condition without any major injuries. They find one guy who is pretty fresh and and uninjured, but he is absolutely jacked, which I think is a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, this actor, by the way, he's a stunt double and he's been the stunt double for Arnold Schwarzenegger a lot of times. So that kind of gives you a sense of his physique. Oh, shit. Whoa. Yeah. And a stunt double for Schwarzenegger in like the 80s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, oh. Muscles like clouds. Muscles like, like clouds. Child drawing of clouds. <laughs> Big, puffy <laughs> billows of muscle. Or roast chickens. Absolutely chicken on a spit. Chicken three on a spit. baseballs, three baseballs on a spit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously this goes horribly wrong. He does reanimate, but he like we already knew is extra aggressive and just immediately throwing them both around the room, attacking them, strangling them. He's also so red because uh, the makeup is all red and the veins bulging again, but also kind of a white face makeup that looks like he's almost like has like creamy discharge coming out of somewhere. He's <laughs> gross. He looks nasty and he's attacking them. And uh, Dean Halsey has gotten word that these two have not vacated the premises yet. And so he knows that they're in the morgue and he's going to go get them out of there. And uh -oh. Dean Halsey comes into this scene. They tell him <laughs> get out, but Dean Halsey's like, you guys got to get out of here. And the reanimated corpse turns his direction on, turns his attention on Dean Halsey, 
busts down a door that Dean Halsey is on the other side of and then like jumps on top of the door with Dean Halsey underneath it, which looks it's like a metal door. It looks wow. extremely Ouch. heavy. I guess it must be a refrigerated room because it's yeah, it looks like kind of a refrigerator uh, yeah, sure. metal door. And uh, he Dean Halsey gets up extremely injured, obviously the strong man, the strong bite, man bites his fingers off. Okay. Halsey's okay. screaming, and then Ew. Strongman picks him up, throws him across the room. His head hits the wall. We see like blood dripping from where he is hit. It looks like a near kill shot. And at that moment, West fires up a bone saw and sneaks up behind Strongman and essentially stabs him through the back with it so he's sawing through his center and heart and his hand and the bone saw will come out the front like the alien birth and it's Ugh. very gross they see so so strong man is dead now re-dead dead again and so is dean halsey they find him and dan is obviously uh, freaking out. I could have seen a way to prevent this from happening. Dan? Dan? Sure. We see Megan upstairs. She was with her dad right before this and is now like, I, I gotta, this is taking a while. I'm gonna go check to make sure oh, everything's Megan. okay. And so she's now heading down to the morgue and mm. West doesn't blink. He says, we gotta reanimate him. He's dead. But he doesn't have to be dead. And Dan is... But he's also, like, missing his fingers and stuff that's, like, gonna be... Yeah. All right. It can't well, undo you'll tell that. me what happens. It but. can't undo that, but could bring him back to life. And this is his girlfriend's dad, and he's panicking and freaking out and not thinking straight. And so decides, okay, yeah, let's bring him bring him back to it's life. It's worked so well so far. It's really, really... Third time's a charm, you know? Uh, oh, and they do it and he wakes up and is immediately strangling both of them, holding them both by the throat, which to be fair, he has a good reason to be very angry at them. So we're not sure if this is like extra aggressive or just could just be Dean Halsey, how he actually feels. <laughs> yeah. And right at this moment, Megan walks in and is screaming like, Dad, stop, Dad, don't. And the security card comes in. What the fuck is going on? I think Dan, like, f almost passes out. He, like, falls onto the floor into fetal position. He is so stressed. Uh, Wes starts cradling him and comforting him and stroking him. He's like, you're in shock. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, Dean Halsey is now huddled in the corner, moaning. And they say yeah it's dean halsey he he attacked us you don't know what's going on and cut to dean halsey in a straight jacket in a padded room oh my god dr hill is observing him from what he calls a one-way mirror one-way mirror oh okay not what i would call it i wouldn't call it that but that's what he calls it i would say two-way mirror <laughs> for the record for the record where did i lie on that debate was i arguing for one way or two way 
Do you guys remember? I think you were team one way. I think you were arguing for one way. If you guys were both two way, then I must have been one way. I think because I'm definitely two way because it's a mirror that has two, two ways. ways to it. Now, I understand that only one way is a, a mirror, mirror, but yeah. all mirrors are one way mirrors. I stick to my point. <laughs> Every mirror is a one way mirror, <laughs> except for this, which is a two way mirror. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. So does he seem dead? Like, does he, is he acting like a zombie? They're, yeah, it's zombie-ish. Or? They seem like zombies. Okay. Okay. Uh, definitely not themselves. Pretty nonverbal and moaning and grunting and, um, yeah, it doesn't look doesn't look great. Uh, Doctor Hill is observing him. Megan is in the observation room as well, crying, devastated. What's going on with her father? Doctor Hill tells her he wants to do exploratory surgery, see what's going on, look in his brain. Megan reluctantly agrees and Dr. Hill chooses this moment to start hitting, hitting on her says, oh, you know, what? he's like, I'm, I'm here for you. If you need anything, you're, Ew. you're all alone now. And sometimes that can be really uh. difficult. And sometimes you just need someone to, to hold you really Ew. gross. She's like, I'm good. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> and she's obviously furious at Dan as well. And, uh, this is like part of where we start to get things get a little choppy. <laughs> yeah, with the plot, you can feel that some things have been cut out. Uh, we <laughs> eh, see. <whatever. laughs> I uh, I believe what happens is Doctor Hill, you know, does the exploratory surgery and sees that he is should be dead. He he has had brain death happen, mm. and so he realizes that they have figured out. You know, something to bring oh. people back to life. So he shows up at Dan and West's place, goes down into the basement, like asks to see all of their research. And it's just Dan and Dr. Hill down in the basement and he's looking at everything and confirming. He's like, oh, my God, this is this is huge. We're going to be famous. We're going to be rich. And. As he's saying this, West is grabbing a shovel in the background and smacks him over the head, knocks him down, and then uh, uses the shovel to decapitate him. And as he's cutting off his head, he says, plagiarist. (laughs) Oh, he's really mad about that. Very funny. He's really mad about that. And so now he has a head and a body and he's a scientist at heart and says, I've never, you know, tried two pieces of a body. Let's see what happens if I inject them both with the reagent. So does just that. He he's trying to set the head up on this little metal tray, metal dish thing, and it won't stand straight up because the severed neck is not a completely flat surface. Mm. And so he grabs one of those receipt spikes and puts it in the middle and then like pierces Ew. the head <laughs> through the bottom so that it can stand up straight. Very gross little detail. Ugh. Dr. Hill's severed head comes back to life can't really speak very well he asks him what 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 are you what are you feeling how what's dr hill tell me everything you're experiencing right now dr hill very slowly says you 
he writes down you, you, okay, yes, on the edge of his seat. <laughs> he goes, bastard. And then the reanimated body comes up behind West, Dr. Hill's body, mm-hmm. and knocks West uh, unconscious. Hmm. West comes back to consciousness in the basement, but now all of his research is gone. All of the reagent is gone. Dr. Hill has taken everything and he's heading back to the lab and it's, it's just all Dr. Hill is heading back. It's to the very lab? funny. He's carrying his head and moving very slowly and trying to blend in. It's very silly (laughs) (laughs) slapstick comedy. Uh, He eventually gets to the morgue and he uses a medical model of a head as his head and just puts, um, you know, like a mask and a a little hat on it. And so he is waving at the security guard while looking so silly and the security guard is just so focused on his porn he's like yeah yeah sure. go, go on in so one of the things that was cut out that you can definitely tell is there is a strange subplot where dr hill for some reason has mind control powers <laughs> oh my god and I think it was the right choice to cut it out, but there are points at which people just do what he says for seemingly no reason including West. There was a part in the basement scene where he's like, show me all your research. And he looks almost hypnotized and, and shows it to him. It's a very funny deus ex machina to be like, yeah, he can just do whatever he wants. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. So he finds, or he goes back to Dean Halsey and tells him to go get Megan. Cause he can, I guess, you know, get him to do whatever he wants him to do. So now, um, Dean Halsey is going to go get um, Megan. We see the security guard is like break time, making a little face like he's going to go jerk off. (laughs) Dean Halsey brings Megan back to the morgue. This is the upsetting part. Gets her naked and straps her to a what do you call the tables? Just like a metal table, an operating table, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's really very upsetting. She's screaming and she's next to (laughs) the decapitated head of Dr. Hill. So he's looking at her and so horny for her and like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." and she looks up at his body, which still has the, the medical model head on it. And she punches him and the head flies off and she sees that bloody neck stump and is screaming more and those hands are like holding her down and then they his body picks up his head and holds it so that he can kiss her and like he's like the body is like touching her boobs and he's like kissing it gets worse he's kissing down her body and moving the head between her legs and he's about to go down on her when uh i think dan and west bust in but it's horrifying and a piece of trivia i found that'll maybe make this a little bit better is that this actor's wife divorced him for this scene (laughs) really oh my god david gale i mean i guess i can't say that with 100 percent certainty but 
in the trivia, it did say when she saw this scene, she was like so furious and that they got divorced like a month later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which I think is very... She just, needed, she just needed a reason. Yeah, she imagine just yeah, it wasn't about the scene for sure. <laughs> but imagine telling people, they're like, so what was it? Like, what broke you guys in the end? <laughs> She's like, well... Was when he pretended to be a decapitated corpse that was sexually assaulting. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, I Jesus feel like Christ. I even remember in college. I like don't remember this scene bothering me, and that was disturbing to me when rewatching it because our brains are, mm. we're just like more aware now. I think that <laughs> things are we are like desensitized yes. to, it, to a certain degree, yeah. and so that was the like most disturbing part to me was me being like, oh, I don't even remember being upset by this at all, and mm. I very much am now. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, but Dan and West come in and and thwart this disgusting moment. I mean, it's still all disgusting. It's disgusting things have already happened. But West uh, is confronting Dr. Hill now and saying, you are an embarrassment. You find the gift of reanimation and you're using it to assault a student. Dr. Hill does not seem embarrassed at all. And he's like, I'm going to be rich and they, I'm going to be famous. And he says, no one's going to believe a talking head. Go join a sideshow. <laughs> I actually think, in fact, that's the absolute proof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great point. I, one might say it's absolutely the most believable part of this whole situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Pretty definitive. I think they're the mo he's the most likely to be believed. The most likely. <laughs> so it looks like Dan and West have got the upper hand here. They they've got him. But then West, I mean, Dr. Hill starts laughing and he's like, I've got a plan. And you guys, you know, watch out. <laughs> That's definitely not the dialogue he says, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and all the other corpses in the morgue reanimate. He has injected them all and can like control their minds, I guess. So he's uh, sure. got a little corpse army, a very gross fight ensues where everyone's, um, you know, naked and some like someone has been run over by a car. So has like their skin falling off and tired treads. Someone's a had died in a fire. So it's all these corpses that have died in horrible ways that are now attacking. Uh, Dan, by the way, immediately got Megan off the table and put his shirt on her. So she's at least not in that position anymore. And mm -hmm. she is seeing her dad. And trying to get through to him, you know, like maybe he's still under there underneath it all. If I can just get to get him to see that I'm his daughter and remember a little bit. And so she's looking at him being like, Daddy, it's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. And eventually mm -hmm. uh, he does have some recognition in his eyes and he turns and starts fighting off all the other corpses. And so they've got one more person on their team and he seems to be holding them off pretty well. And he uh, he grabs Dr. Hill's head and he squeezes it between his palms and he yeah. crushes it like a watermelon. Whoa. Whoa. OK. And then all the rest of the corpses, because they were being mind controlled by him, are now screaming oh whoa, what do we do now they're aimless aimless corpses 
And but Dr. Hill's body is still going. We, he's still fighting. And so interesting. Dan and West are fighting off these other corpses. And I think they release. I was a little I was a little fuzzy on this. I'll be honest with you. I think they break some beaker with a toxic compound mm. in it that oh. goes into the air and and kills them all. But for some reason, doesn't kill Not. them. Yeah. OK, so they've they've managed to kill or re-kill all of the reanimated corpses, except for Dr. Hill's body, who is still determined. And West has the idea to overdose him and takes all of the reagent and injects it into him. He says, I think this is going to work based on my research and uh, Dr. Hill's body starts shaking and something's happening and he's being overcome with the reagent <laughs> and then his intestines burst out of his stomach Ew. Ew. wrap around West Oh, and are okay. like pulling him towards him like uh. he's like a Venus flytrap like, like what's happening here it's really nasty Dan and Megan just make a run for it. Yeah, they're bye. like, we're out of here. <laughs> they run out through the hallway, and uh, oh, we have see- somewhere in the corpse fight, Dean Halsey got <laughs> ripped fight. limb from limb. Oh. So he is dead. And I think there is one corpse left in the hallway that they didn't know. And so as they're running to the elevator, which is the exit from this, you know, part of the building and they're trying to get in the elevator but this corpse gets in too and is <laughs> strangling Megan grabbing Megan's throat he's trying to pull him off but he can this guy's pretty big he sees the uh, emergency axe on the wall smashes it goes to get that axe but it's kind of far and he's been strangling her for a little while now and he gets back and finally like cuts off this purse this guy's arms and kills him but Megan is now unconscious. So he, he goes upstairs where luckily, I mean, they're in a, in a hospital. So he's screaming for help. Everyone, we get her onto a table and mirroring our earlier scene. We are doing mm. chest compressions on her. Megan, Megan, mm. it's OK. Like, come back to me. And she is dead. And they once oh. again Whoa. are telling her. They're t- telling him, Dan, there's nothing you can do. She's gone. She's gone. Dan, again, not giving up, doing chest compressions, and then eventually gives up, sobbing. Everyone looks very sympathetic, obviously. They leave him with her as he's crying, apologizing to her. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then he sees some reagent in a duffel bag uh, on the floor and pulls it out, fills a syringe, grabs her back of her head to inject it into the brain stem. He says, I love you, Megan. And we cut to black as we see the little neon liquid being injected into her. And we just hear her screaming. And that's the end of the movie. What? Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! That 
it's hard to process. It's like that's, was that was that funny or not? Because that's like it took a really dark turn at the funny. end. Really dark turn at the end. Yeah, I, there's definitely funny parts in the movie and moments where I laughed. I just mean like the whole tone. Yeah, the whole tone felt like it was like trying to be both. It was trying to be silly and it was also trying to be disturbing. Yeah. 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 I think it was trying to do both and it kind of did. I think it was pretty upsetting. They didn't need to kill Megan. There are <laughs> multiple sequels, I believe. I think there's Reanimator 2 and 3 at least. But I'm good. Wow. I'm good. You don't need to see the other ones? No. <laughs> I have a hard time. Oh, this is something else I wanted to say with the 80s horror is, like you mentioned, Henley, there's so many sequels to all of the main three slashers, Nightmare on Elm Street, Street Friday the 13th, and Halloween. Uh, there's a lot of Hellraiser sequels as well. I think of the 80s as like bad sequel time that they were just like, let's make one million sequels because we found a character that audiences are responding to. And so I don't know. I like have no interest in any of the sequels to any of those movies, except for Hellraiser yeah. 2, obviously, which rules. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I just don't care about the sequels. It's, they're they're yeah. fine movies as themselves. And I've had enough, right. you know, I'm all, I'm all set. I've, I've, I've had enough reanimator. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. It's because they're so predictable. Right. And you're like, at this point, you kind of could know what would happen in the next couple of ones. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think it was just it's like pretty upsetting. <laughs> yeah. It's like shocked at how much more upset I am by that than I was anticipating. There was a lot of limbs being removed, heads being removed from bodies. Everything went so bad. I know. Everything. Things did not go well. For everyone. Mm-hmm. They're just really bad. Yeah. And so what have we learned? We can't bring things back from the dead. Ugh. We've learned that. Yeah. Ugh. It never works. It never goes well. But we'll, well keep trying. We'll always keep trying. I don't want that. I don't want that. If I die, leave me dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't bring me back to life. Seconded. Definitely not. Wow. Well, thank you, Sammy for ruining our day yet again we did a fun one last Man. week so you had your you had your fun that's true and i've got high hopes for the 90s yeah you know i think next week we may have some good good fun in store yeah and i feel like a lot of people are going to be wondering why didn't we do a friday the 13th sequel because there is a friday the 13th in october which is very cool that is cool is this upcoming week it's this very upcoming Friday. Exactly. exactly, And so it would have timed out perfectly to do a Friday the 13th sequel. But as I said, I don't really want to watch them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Hey, it's just it's her fine. prerogative. It's also because I always get hey, these. You watch them. You watch it on Friday the 13th. <laughs> but And I always get these like, you can read articles and it's like, yeah, the second one's bad. And the third one's also pretty bad. But then the fourth one gets good. And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with all that. It's a lot Man, of time. Joel has put it upon himself now to truly watch all of the Saw movies to see Saw 10 in theaters. <gasps> and I've never been more confused by a choice he's made. Yeah. Yeah. He has watched so many Saw movies no. in the past week and most of them are bad. How many has he seen? That's too much. 
five. He's seen five, which means he still has five to go. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, how was this one? Eh, not so good. Okay, man. All right. Yeah, I can't. I have a lot of trouble going into a movie that I know is going to be bad. It's like everybody says, for example, Friday the 13th 2 part two is bad. It's like, all right. Well, then. Well, I don't want to see it then. (laughs) No, thanks. Yeah. I'm going to skip it. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's a it's a big time commitment, and also our our brains are hardwired for we don't want we don't we don't want to be anything but entertained. If you're not gonna entertain absolutely. me, absolutely, yeah, entertain me. It's all I want. Don't waste my time. So, all right, we did okay. it. Eighties, eighties. We're leaving in the them bag. in the rear view mirror. Nineties straight ahead. That's right. Oh yeah, better baby. times ahead. Better we'll times see. Ahead. We'll see. Um, but happy the Friday, Friday the thirteenth, everybody, f- for this coming Friday. Hope you're doing something spooky. I hope so. And we love you guys. We love you. We love you. Happy. Have a nice havoc haunting. We hope. <laughs> yeah, havoc haunting. Happy <laughs> havoc hauntings. No real voice, but from all of us here, a too scary didn't watch. Goodbye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating, a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if one episode a week just is not enough for you, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast to become a patron and receive all sorts of extra goodies from us, including bonus episodes, reactions and more and no matter what we will see you right here next week for another episode we love you so much bye that was a headgum podcast <laughs>